everyone and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. This show is written, produced, and broadcasting live from Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory, also known to settlers as the Bay Area. Last month, Oakland's Being Healthy, Brilliant Minds sponsored their 12th annual Juneteenth Festival in West Oakland. KPFA's First Voice apprentices were there to bear witness, and we brought back the collective community feeling of togetherness with interviews, sights, and sounds. On tonight's show, we will hear from some change makers, learn how to hook up with them, and figure out how they did it so we can make our own change in our lives and in our communities. We'll learn how this particular Juneteenth festival came to be, and we'll hear some great Juneteenth-themed music. All that tonight on Full Circle. We are your hosts, Sharon Peterson, and... I'm Free Will and Franklin. Keep it locked right here. everyone and again welcome to full circle on 94.1 fm kpfa in berkeley and kpfa.org everywhere before we begin we got to make two shout outs first we must get the refugee concentration camps closed it is legal to seek asylum big shout out to all who took action today and we'll all need to keep our ears and eyes open for future actions We're afraid we're going to need them. Word to that. And our second announcement, we have a theater ticket giveaway tonight. Um, Sila's gift is a train-hopping, border-crossing story of danger, adventure, magic, loss, and the power of storytelling. When the ghost of her grandmother starts visiting playwright Samara in the middle of the night, she is compelled to travel through the interwoven family stories of survival. Beginning in a Ukrainian village in the 1930s, the play weaves together accounts of Celia's harrowing wartime experiences with tradition, Jewish folktales, harrowing, oh, uh, Jewish folktales as she learned as she learned as a child. It's a relevant, insightful story for a generation facing a resurgence of fear and extremism. We're giving away one pair of tickets tonight, and the winner can choose either Friday, July 19th or Saturday, July 20th at 8 p.m. It's showing at the Live Oak Theater, 1301 Shavik Avenue in Berkeley. If you want to be the winner, give us a call right now at 510-848-4425. Again, that's 510-848-4425, and we will take caller number five. Now... Back to tonight's program. So, what is Juneteenth? Thanks, Franklin. First off, Juneteenth is the oldest national day of commemoration celebrating the end of slavery in the United States. 
1863, President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. The horrible way enslaved Africans and African Americans were treated were said to be over. At least that was the hope. Word of such important news, however, seemed to travel slowly to many. And it took over two years for news to reach enslaved people in Galveston, Texas. But thanks to Major General Gordon Granger, the news did finally reach them on June 19th in the year 1865. Upon landing in Galveston, Granger first read General Order Number 3 from the proclamation, which read... The people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves. And the connection hereafter exists, existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. And some now, former slaves, stuck around to see if the employee and employer relationship would work out. But many others, feeling their first real taste of freedom, struck out and traveled north off to other destinations, seeking out lost relatives, husbands, wives, and children. Now, to continue to honor Juneteenth and this now 12th annual BH Brilliant Mind celebration here in West Oakland, in service to our community, let's check out some of the voices from the KPFA interview table. We want to express our appreciation and admiration to BH Brilliant Minds. The 12th annual Juneteenth celebration, which honors the final communication that slaves were free. BH Brilliant Minds is an organization founded by four daughters of Oakland, with numerous organizations and community groups that present a large array of events every year. The founders are Ms. Barbara Howard, founder, board president, and CEO, Ms. Melody Howard, board secretary and vice president, Ms. Jacqueline Howard, board treasurer and director, Ms. Kathy Jackson Gent, CFO. So, virtual hugs and real love to BH Brilliant Minds with the vision and execution of this fantastic event. We thank you. Yes, thank you very much. It was beautiful. So, let's get on with it. As we mentioned at the top of the show, we, the KPFA First Voice Apprenticeship Crew, struck out last June to the 12th annual Juneteenth celebration in Oakland. This event is held each year on the West Oakland streets. So, let's kick it off tonight. With our first interview, BH Brilliant Minds founder and Juneteenth organizer, Miss Barbara Howard, and co-founder, Kathy Jackson-Gent. This is KPFA 94.1 FM. You're listening to Full Circle. And we are at the 12th annual BH Brilliant Minds West Oakland Juneteenth Festival with a festival founder and founder of BH Brilliant Minds, Barbara Howard, and also with Kathy Jackson-Gent, who is also a founder of BH Brilliant Minds and CFO and a, a founder of the Women's Chamber of Commerce. So thank you for this lovely weather and for yes, this wonderful, I pray for this weather. <laughs> wonderful <laughs> festival. How did you start this work? Well, I used to work at the Urban Services YMCA at the end of the corner up there. 
And the pastor that was on stage, Pastor Larry Austin, was my boss. And I asked him, is it possible that we do an actual community event in our neighborhood? And he said, yes. He said, Sister B, whatever you want to do, do it. So mm -hmm. that's how we started here. Um, we've been moving forward for 12 years. And I'm grateful and honored to uh, have family and friends truly family and friends that are um, supporting us and if it wasn't for them I couldn't do this work my father and my mother was Wendy's Cheesecake Bakery in San Francisco mm. and I grew up in the Bayview District in San Francisco and with that my father explained to us we had a responsibility in our community to give back and to help out so that's how we got started along with Kathy Jackson here a personal friend of mine and she's going to explain to you <laughs> how she really how we started. really got started <laughs> but um yeah yeah and I do want to share uh first of all you know we've got to thank Barbara for the amazing yeah. amazing uh, vision uh and tenacity uh, to keep this together and you know Barbara had a vision as many women and particularly women of color do and that vision was to have her own business <laughs> and she wasn't sure if she should have a for-profit business or a non-profit business and fortunately we have a local resource here in Oakland called the Women's Chamber of Commerce that was founded in 1998 particularly to work with women who are interested in that goal and in mm -hmm. doing so, Barbara decided she wanted to have a nonprofit because her heart is with youth, women, uh, uh, you know, our folks, black folks, people of color, um, education, social justice. And as a result, it seemed to make more sense for a nonprofit to be the way for her to go. So she established BH Brilliant Minds as a result of resources that came from the chamber all the way from in-kind legal services to help her set up the 501C in addition to technical assistance on how to be an entrepreneur and what does that mean and how to really market yourself and what you're trying to accomplish. And as you can see, she didn't need much prep on that, right? <laughs> she pretty much tells us what we need to do in order for us to make this impactful so I'm just happy to be along for the ride and what we do in our organization and the people that um, supporting me we tag team and it's very important that we support one another and tagging um, team is right it's tag tag important taking control of your own destiny all of those which is really the basis for what you decided to do and you know it's amazing that normally I'm full of words but today, I am just trying to bask in what's happening. It's a lot going on, and we're grateful and thankful that this was peeled off. If it wasn't for my um, sponsors, we have Black Lives Matter, we have um, Akinati, we have Fam First, we have Curry J, we have all of these organizations that the vision came about, and they were like, you know what, let's do this. So if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here today you know, and my family and my friends. So I'm so honored. And it's crazy because I'm a radio host, but my brain, and yesterday was my birthday and I haven't, <laughs> I, I'm on, I'm on no sleep. So, you know, the words just is not, however, I'm gonna speak from my heart. The ancestors and the Lord knows what I do. 
They know my spirit, and that's what this is all about today, is how do we empower, how we encourage, how do we motivate individuals to follow after their dreams. And don't forget that it is their responsibility to make sure they're giving back to their communities. And that's why I do the work that I do in my community, and I've been doing this for over 27 years. So, (laughs) it's a lot. Well, we thank you very much for the effort. I'm sorry about the sacrifice of sleep. But no, no, it's this okay. Festival it's is yes. wonderful. Yes, as as you can hear behind us. And, and I'm grateful and honored that KPFA is a part of the family now. And every vendor, every person that participates here, I let everybody know: you invite people to come out to your Juneteenth. It's not mine. It's ours mm-hmm. as a family. And our ancestors, I believe that they are very proud of what I am doing and the foundation that we are laying. It's about leaving legacies, and we must continue to do that. I don't have a choice. <laughs> I know I'll be out of here if I don't do the work. Well, i got just a couple questions yes. uh, sort of for the grassroots so they can get in touch with you. Oh, yes. Um, how do, uh, first, uh, uh, Kathy, how, do they, how can people reach out to uh, the... Uh, women's chamber. chamber. Yes. Uh, well, you can send us an email uh, at Kathy, C-A-T-H-Y, at the women's, and women's is W-O-M-E-N-S, Chamber of Commerce, Inc. Dot org. I know. We'll say it again. Kathy we'll also link it. C at the women's chamber of commerce, Inc. Dot org. We'd love to hear from you. Excellent. So, any links to organizations and contact info heard on this episode of Full Circle will be on our blog at kpfaapprentice.org. And I also wanted to give you the um, BH Brilliant Minds website. That was my next question. All right. See, we like (laughs) Brilliant Minds think alike. (laughs) And that's what it's about. So, it is W www.bhbrilliantminds.org is the nonprofit. That's the nonprofit. That's exactly. the nonprofit organization. Excellent. And uh, you are Barbara Howard. Barbara Howard. BH. BH Brilliant Minds. And it stands for Begin Healing Brilliant Minds. Also Begin Healing. That's Excellent. right. Or Blessed Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Because I need the strength to do the work that I'm doing today. Yes, definitely. And we thank you both. This is Barbara Howard, so who started all of this. I am this. the founder and the coordinator of Oakland's 12th Annual. And Kathy Jackson-Gent, also a founder and the CFO of BH Brilliant Minds and the founder of Women's Chamber of Commerce. Thank, thank you. you both. Thank you very You're much. You're welcome. Thank you. Welcome back. You are listening to First Voice Media's Full Circle on KPFA 94.1 FM. Tonight, we are featuring sounds from the 12th annual BH Brilliant Minds Juneteenth Celebration. This celebration is held each year in the streets of West Oakland. The voices you just heard were Barbara Howard and Kathy Jackson-Gent of BH Brilliant Minds, hosts of the BH Brilliant Minds West Oakland Juneteenth Festival. 
And real quickly, a shout-out to John Stewart, who won the tickets to the play. Um, congratulations, John. And um, we want to let you all know again that all the links to organizations we feature tonight will be on our website, kpfaapprentice.org. Also there, you will find interviews that did not make it to the air tonight. We also want to encourage you to follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at First Voice. So let's get into a music break. We'll hear a bit of Lift Every Voice and Sing, also known as the Black National Anthem by Samba Funk with King Theo. Everyone, welcome back. You are listening to First Voice Media's Full Circle right here on KPFA 94.1 FM. And tonight we are featuring sounds from the 12th annual BH Brilliant Minds Juneteenth Celebration. The celebration is held each year and continues in the streets of West Oakland. We just heard Lift Every Voice and Sing by Samba Funk with King Theo. And up next, we continue with the interviews from the KPFA table. We'll hear from Jani Castillo, who is the Hope and Justice Coordinator. And we were talking, that's a fantastic title. Um, the Hope and Justice Coordinator for St. Mary's Senior Center in Oakland. St. Mary's also happened to be the venue for the 12th annual BH Brilliant Minds Juneteenth Festival in West Oakland. We are delighted to have with us, because this is a very busy day for her, the Hope and Justice Coordinator for St. Mary's Senior Center, Jenny Castillo. And uh, Jenny, thank you for being with us. Privileged to be here. Glad you guys are out. So tell us a little bit about St. Mary's. It sounds religious, but 
It's, it's actually not. We're a nonprofit 501c3, been in this community for over 30 years. We did start out as a response to hunger in our community at St. Mary Center Church. So we've kept our name all that time. But um, I'm not quite sure when, but it did turn into a straight 501c3 about, I want to say, over 20 years ago. We continue to feed the community. Our Sunday dinner is one of the first things that we provided, and we serve low-income seniors on Sundays. The door opens at 11, lunch is at 12.30, and it's only a dollar. And what's really special is that for all these years, the food and the cooking has been provided by volunteers. During the week, we serve lunch again for a dollar for extremely low-income seniors. We have grocery programs that come through here, some for our low-income families that come through. One of our primary campaigns is to address hunger, especially with persons over 55. And then we have a really strong unit of social workers that help our unhoused seniors. So we have an emergency shelter that runs from December to April that only serves persons over 55, which is unique because they have their own set of challenges that we need to address just that particular population. Very, very comprehensive program. Extremely comprehensive. And, you know, in full disclosure, we were here last year and did not get to talk to you. And we've also featured a couple of your clients on a previous program on the economy. And thank you for that. And so uh, you're kind of uh, friends of full circle at this point. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, But we do want to know more because I was really impressed by the advocacy. Yes. You also perform advocacy as well as services. Could you tell us a little about that? My title is Hope and Justice Coordinator. And the Hope and Justice Program is the social justice arm of St. Mary's Center. And we have about 15 to 20 seniors who are truly leaders and advocate for what matters most to seniors, which is, of course, hunger, which I've already talked about, but building affordable housing for extremely low-income seniors. These are persons earning under $1,000 a month. And we also really want to work on decriminalization of homelessness because sleeping isn't illegal. Lying down isn't illegal. And so we want to make sure, and we're working with several partners in the community to address how do we provide humane services to people who live outside. I understand you have a shelter right in here? Actually, the winter shelter is open from December to April, Mm. and we're sitting in front of our community center, which doubles as a drop-in center during the day, respite from folks who live outside, and also our extremely low-income community that our house come and socialize. They be in community. We've had the Filipino Independence Day celebration last week. We had the two events for Father's Day. One of them was Black Men Speak, which is Mm. another beautiful nonprofit in the community, came to share their stories of inspiration with our seniors. So this center here stays really busy Monday through Friday, but our emergency shelter is only from December to April. I will add that we run three transitional houses in the neighborhood that serves persons over 55, and then we have a beautiful little preschool in the midst of all of this (laughs) that serves about 30 low-income families. So it's not just for the elderly. It's not just for, well, us elderly. It's uh, It's for... the community. The very young and the old. 
the very young and the old, the yes. most vulnerable yes. ends of the age spectrum. Correct. You provide services, comprehensive services, you perform actual advocacy, and you unite nonprofits. Well, we partner with a variety of nonprofits that push out our campaigns. Like one of them is the Alameda County Food Bank. Another one is Housing California. Housing California is a part of the Residents United Network, of which many of our seniors are part of. That's a statewide effort to unite affordable housing residents across California to push affordable housing policy at the state level. We're also connected to East Bay Housing Organization. Some of our seniors just went through their leadership academy, and they're going to be at Monday night's budget hearing to try to support everything we need in that budget for low-income residents in Oakland. So we work at the city level all the way to the state level. Very proud of it. So you actually work well on certain levels of government yeah i think our expertise is we're the storytellers so we have attorneys that work with us we have policy folks that work with us and then we bring the storytellers what's happening on the streets to our legislators so it's pretty awesome i'm really proud of them well thank you very much once again we've been talking with jenny castillo Hope and Justice Coordinator for the St. Mary's Senior Center. And we're here on a beautiful early summer day at the 12th Annual BH Brilliant Minds West Oakland Juneteenth Festival. Thank you, Jenny. I want to thank KPFA for always being a strong advocate in the community. How can we get a hold of... Oh, definitely. So we have a website. It's www.stmarycenter.org, S-T-M-A-R-Y-S center.org. Our number is 510-923-9600, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. Welcome to help any elder in need. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back to Full Circle on 94.1 FM KPFA. We've just heard from Jannie Castillo, Hope and Justice Coordinator for St. Mary's Senior Center. It was the venue for the BH Brilliant Minds Juneteenth Festival and is and has been for some time all-around community resource. And now, a quick music break, courtesy of All Nations Singers. Yeah! <laughs> 
All right. Welcome back. You're listening to First Voice Media on 94.1 KPFA. This is Full Circle, and we just listened to All Nation singers Manny Leeras and Mike Bellinger. They came out to continue the alliance formed between Native Americans, African slaves, and their descendants, the African Americans. And actually, Mike Bellinger performed a song at my cousin's funeral, so um, thanks to the All Nation Singers. Um, Now back to our Juneteenth changemakers. Sometimes we or someone we know may need to make changes in our lives and in our minds. Next, we'll hear from Ashley Jamont, program coordinator for PEERS. PEERS stands for Peers Envisioning and Engaging in Recovery Services. PEERS members learn to help themselves, help each other, and advocate for mental health. Hello, here we are with Full Circle. We are at the 12th Annual BH Brilliant Minds West Oakland Juneteenth Festival. And with me now is Ashley Jamont, who is the program coordinator for PEERS, which is... If I'm correct, peers envisioning and engaging in recovery services. Hello, Ashley. Hi, how are you today? Tell us a little bit about peers. What kind of services do you offer? So we are a nonprofit organization that is uh, peer-run and peer-led. We have a variety of programs, particularly around mental health and mental health recovery. Um, We offer RAP, which is our wellness recovery action planning, which happens on Fridays on an ongoing basis uh, around 1.30 to 3.30. We also offer a program called LEVS, which is Lift Every Voice and Speak, and that's our Speakers Bureau, where Groups of people get together, they talk about their recovery stories, um, and then go into the community and give uh, talks. For instance, they had one at UC Berkeley. We also offer programs for our youth and young adults called our TAY program, our Transitional Age Youth program, and we also have our SAGA program, which is our Sexuality and Gender Alliance. And finally, we have a campaign that we are doing uh, for the next, I want to say, two years um, called the Everyone Counts Campaign, which is specifically something that I'm working on that looks at mental health in the African-American community. Excellent. And I have noticed that the services are fairly scarce. So yeah. this, this fills or helps to fill a gap. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And all of our services are free. Um, You can come in. And um, we usually, like I said earlier, do support groups. So a lot of our stuff is done in groups. We also have our Latino X program, which is for our brothers and sisters uh, who who identify as Latino or Latina. And you do advocacy. You have a speakers bureau. So Mm -hmm. you're getting the word out as well as bringing people in. Yes, absolutely. I understand that everyone's a, pretty much a volunteer, a peer. Tell us a little bit more about uh, people who work with the Transition Age Youth Program, please. So, uh, I used to run our Transitional Age Youth Program. Uh, so, some of the things that we did with our young people is we trained them up first in figuring out um, how to speak in public, how to share your story, um, what's oversharing, how do you make sure that you don't kind of re-trigger somebody else. Um, We did a little bit of being a part of the Speakers Bureau. Um, And then we go to different conferences. 
So last year, for instance, we went to a conference in Oregon called Peerpocalypse. We also participated in the Pool of Consumer Champions conference. And it gives young people a platform, really, to talk about mental health. What does that look like for them and how can they support themselves in making sure that they're getting the services that they need and that they're recovering in the way that feels good for them as young people. And uh, the Wellness Recovery Action Program, uh, that is uh, geared towards people who are currently experiencing problems or... So our RAP program is geared towards everybody, really. You could be in recovery. um, You could be trying to figure out what recovery is. You could kind of not know anything about recovery and come to RAP. And I think the really cool thing about RAP is that it supports you in figuring out what you look like when you're well, how to come up with a crisis plan, or what you would want to look like when you're well, if you can't remember what that looks like. It also supports you in figuring out what are your stressors, what are things that make you uh, stressed in life, and how do you come up with a plan so when those things do arrive, you can take some sort of action. And I think that's why it's called the Wellness Recovery Action Planning, because it gives you the tools um, and empowers you to have you understand that we understand what it is that we need as peers and as consumers of services, that we understand what we need. And how do we how do we go about getting those services and being empowered and hopeful that uh, we'll be able to recover. So uh, you're a very active group. I understand uh, you have some events coming up. Yeah, so we're actually going to have the POCC conference, uh, the Pool of Consumer Champions conference, which is happening June 27th and 28th. Uh, We're very excited about that. Um, And we, again, have our weekly groups. You can figure out what we're doing um, on our website or you can give our office a call. Um, Yeah, feel free to contact us. Our phone number is 510-832-7. Three three seven, <laughs> and our website is uh, peersnet.org. And links to all organizations that are mentioned in full circle will be linked on our kpfaapprentice.org blog. So, what kind of specific mental health challenges do people face, particularly people of color? So um, I can speak for myself in that aspect. Uh, So for myself, I find that I uh, struggle with anxiety um, and uh, depression. Um, So really trying to figure out how to how to kind of deal with those things when um, when they arise. They usually arise like I also am a graduate student, so they would arise like in class or um, just trying to do basic basic things in life. Um, but being able to have a rap plan, being able to kind of put some barriers in place for myself has definitely lessened my anxiety. Um, having somebody to talk to, having supporters that can help me um, has definitely been something that has lessened my anxiety and my depression. That's yeah. wonderful. Thank you. So are there any prerequisites for folks to participate in any of your programs? So income or a prescription or a... No. So all of our services are open to the public. So you guys can come, come on by, check out our website and see what we're offering or call the office and come to support groups. Do you have a walk-in place people can go yeah. to? So our physical address is 333 Hagenberger Road, Suite 250. 
So kind of close to where the old Walmart used to be, if you're familiar with Oakland. Thank you. We've been speaking with Ashley Jamont, Program Coordinator of Peers. Peers being Peers Envisioning and Engaging in Recovery Services. Please look for links. And once again, this is Full Circle at the 12th Annual Brilliant Minds, BH Brilliant Minds, West Oakland Juneteenth Festival. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you. And now we turn to creativity and entrepreneurship with Black Inventors. Free Will and Frank, take it away. All right. Welcome, everybody. This is Free Will and Franklin still here at the 12th annual BH Brilliant Minds Juneteenth Festival. And I've just been roaming um, the street here. Um, we're just off Market Street, and I'm checking out some of the exhibits. And I happened to come upon the Black Inventors exhibit. Now, there's a lot of inventions that have been invented, and people don't know who has invented them. But we got a great example right here. And I have a gentleman in front of me. Uh, let me uh, have you introduce yourself, sir. Hello, my name is R.J. Reed, coordinator of the Black Invention Display. Well, let's just tell us about what you got here. Is there any one particular inventor you'd like to point out real quick? Uh, yes, uh, a lot of people are unaware that Emmett uh, J. Henry at some point got the contract from the government to uh, maintain the, uh, the Internet. And he's actually the one who came up with the complex codes uh, for the Internet. So anytime you go .com, well, his company, Network Solution, was responsible for it. So that was Emmett J. McHenry. So whenever you hit .com, he wrote the code. Yes. And also, the mic that we are speaking into right now, James E. West, along with his colleague, actually came up with some apparatus, some inventions uh, for the uh, microphone. So it, the list goes on. Well, um, why don't we just roll through a couple? Let's see. Um, who do we got here? Black Women in Technology. This is Gladys, Gladys West. Tell us about what she has done. Well, she did her research back in the uh, 1950s and 60s, but she was unaware how much it was going to play a vital role. Uh, what I mean is that she's the one that helped uh, develop the uh, GPS system. So anytime you need to actually uh, go to a location, pull it up on your phone, well, her work that she did back in the 1950s and 60s was responsible for this uh, uh, system. So what are some other ones that really stand out to you? Who would you like the listeners to know about and the inventions that they created? What's uh, some of your favorites? Well, one of my favorites is from uh, uh, Gertrude Mudeen. Actually, over in San Francisco, they have a trouble with their planes landing because of the fog. Well, what he came up with is that you can actually, uh, he had inventions where there's uh, some generators uh, line up the runways at the airport, and it shoots up uh, compressed air. And on the way down, the positive negative uh, mix up, and the fog is clear. Now the planes can land. So with this invention, uh, they, they saved a lot of money because the planes had to uh, go to alternate airports. All right, and what else stands out to you here? We got uh, the Tuskegee Airmen. We got Imhotep, the founder of medicine, uh, George Washington Carver. What is your favorite invention from a black inventor? Do you have a favorite invention? All of my favorite, all of my favorite, because there's thousands of them. Uh, some of the uh, things that we use every day is part of a, a black invention. Uh, 
like down on the road, uh, you got the three-way traffic light, which was invented by uh, Garrett, Garrett Morgan. So that would be the green, yellow, and red stoplights. Right, but his invention was, uh, back in the early days, is that uh, the signs would go up, and you'll see go, and it'll be a red light. Then they will come down, it'll be a stoplight. And also, he's the inventor of the gas mask. All right, so it just keeps on going. Before I let you go, sir, how about we do like a lightning round, then you just bam, bam, the invention, see how many you could list uh, right off the bat. I'll just let you go. So just start naming some inventions. Well, I, I'll, I'll put it like this. What do you use every day? Light bulb. Okay. Uh, Louis Lanimer, he actually came up with the filaments to go into the light bulb. And then also he, he did a lot of work on the uh, parallel uh, wiring. Uh, for the lights because before the lights would go out all of them would go out if one of them was out but it, with his invention this parallel wiring so now if one go out they all won't go out peanut butter George Washington Carver I'll probably take up all your tape if I say everything about him but this was an amazing man uh, that you can create so many different things from the uh, peanut paint and several other things Okay, um, I'll give you time to do one last one, and you tell me okay. one more. All right. Glenville T. Woods is the real reason I started. It's because I was very fascinated that he took Thomas Edison to court in the 1800s and why. And I said, how did he do that with a racist system like this? And he's responsible for the uh, third rail that we now know uh, that Bart used. Bart used the third rail. It's, elect you know, electricity every few feet. And that's the reason why I got started. And also, he did a lot of inventions on the telephone, which he sold to uh, Westinghouse, uh, all the motor companies there. Okay, R.J. Reed. Well, you got a beautiful exhibit here, and I thank you for coming out today and celebrating Juneteenth out here. Uh, do you got any last words you'd like to say? Pick up a book. That's very powerful there. All right, that's some good last words. Pick up a book. He's got something else. He's got something else. And love one another. Hey, that's just as powerful, even more so. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Welcome back to Full Circle right here on the Pacifica Mothership, KPFA. And another big thank you to R.J. Reed for taking the time to speak with me at the event. Um, we'll be right back with more sounds from the 12th annual BH Brilliant Minds Juneteenth celebration right after this break. Keep it locked. Black this. <laughs> Black made that. Black made this. Squeal rap. Wake up, hit the switch, ho, ring light up. Notice that filament all in the light bulb. Wrinkle shirt, iron board, use that. Nice, huh? Dry clean jeans. Nice touch. Walk out, little sister, try single pass that. Pops blew up the bathroom, need a gas mask. Peanut butter, jelly, potato chips, lunch pack. Oh, you leave, kiss, grandma, get your backpack. Glad you got a pacemaker, keep her heart good, though. See the street sweeper cleaning up the hood, bro. Got a nurse working hard past that mailbox, lawn board, cutting yard, edged up top notch. Light bulb filament, iron board, dry clean, potato chips, peanut but a tricycle, y'all see Cash mass, street sweeper, pacemaker, that's right Blow more mailbox, even that traffic light Rolling down MLK late night You see the color change, slow down on sight If you see a yellow when you looking, you ain't right I see red, green, and gold on that black traffic light Black make that
Cause you the spark plug to stop You need an x-ray to see broken arms How you think food travels across those states? Fridges and truck keep all that safe Use a sharpener when your pencil breaks Keep your valuables in a fire safe With a super soaker you can be a water gun shooter One gig processor chip in your computer Every time you Xbox or PS4 No, Jerry Lawson made the first console When you go see a 3D movie Say Hannah and Dunkley brought this to me That spark plug x-ray mobile fridge Pencil sharpener processor one gig Fire safe super soaker 3D glasses 3D movie first console That's it Empire's on who's watching it mama Ghost store Tommy either way it's drama When live lips quiver fits is a gunner How I know all of this It's Kashana Black made that Welcome back. This is Sharon Peterson and... Free Will and Franklin here. On Full Circle, here on Pacifica Radio, KPFA 94.1 FM. That incredible song you just heard was Black Made That by Griot B. And Griot B was actually one of our guests on last year's West Oakland Juneteenth show. Thank you again, Griot B. Now, here's a question for you. What is public banking? I sure didn't know. Here's Debbie Notkin from Public Bank East Bay, who will tell us what public banking is and why we need it. So, please go into what is public banking? So, right now, our cities and our counties and our water districts and our transit districts are all forced to bank with the big Wall Street banks because none of the community banks and credit unions are big enough or have complex enough staffs to handle their needs. So what that means is, first of all, that cities can't divest from fossil fuels. The city council will vote to divest and then they'll examine all the banks that are available to them and they won't be able to find a bank that doesn't invest in fossil fuels and private prisons. The second thing it means is that about 10 to 15 percent of our public money is going straight into the pockets of Wall Street shareholders. And we believe that all that money could come back here under public scrutiny and be used for everything from supporting community banks and credit unions to doing climate change infrastructure for sea level rise to building affordable housing, all the things we desperately need in our communities that right now that money is just making rich people richer. So I understand that there is uh, legislation that Public Bank East Bay is campaigning for. Yes, absolutely. Assembly Bill 857 is in the legislature right now. It has passed all the way through the Assembly, and it has passed the Senate Banking and Finance Committee. It has to pass two more committees and then the whole floor of the Senate, and then we believe Governor Newsom will sign it. He's on the record as supporting public banks. What that legislation does is it tells the state of California how to charter public banks. And we have 10 regional groups in the California Public Banking Alliance trying to start public banks in their regions. So a public bank can be started at, say, a municipal level? If the city is big enough. A city, say, like Vallejo, is probably small enough that it would have to partner with some other cities. But Oakland is big enough. San Jose is big enough. Los Angeles is certainly big enough. San Francisco is big enough. There are many big cities. And then all the a county can have a public bank. Mm. Um, and then other jurisdictions. So if, if we started an East Bay public bank, for example, Emeryville might not be a shareholder 
in that bank, but might deposit its funds in that bank and get its profits from the bank. Or it could be an Alameda County thing, perhaps. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're looking at, we're, that's why we call ourselves Public Bank East Bay. Mm. We're looking at Alameda County as the best, currently what looks like the best central shareholder. Could it go regional like BART and encompass many counties? Absolutely. There are some technicalities about that that we don't have to go into here. But many people are in favor of a state public bank, and that could in many ways be a great thing. But we want to be sure it's small enough to have some local control. Mm -hmm. And to make sure that Oakland's needs are met and Berkeley's needs are met. And that it doesn't become the whole state of California, which has a much more complex political landscape. So the advantage to the consumer then, to the conscientious consumer, is that they are no longer forced to pay off oil interests, fossil fuels, or prisons when they're paying their bills for their water, for their... That is certainly a major advantage, and I would never disagree with you. But I would say the advantage to the citizens, and I don't like being thought of as a consumer as much as I like being thought of as a citizen or a resident. (laughs) Um, The advantage to to the people who live here... Let me tell you what I said to the Oakland City Council one time, is you could imagine a city council that didn't have to decide Side between housing the homeless and getting the rats out of the parks because there was enough money. That, to me, that's an advantage to every single one of us. So they can serve their electorate, not serve special interests. Precisely, precisely. And not, I mean, big banks are mandated by law to increase the profits of their shareholders. Mm-hmm. That's not what we want in Oakland. That's not, it's not, it's not what we want in Berkeley. It's not, it's just not what we want. No, you want responsive government that actually works for the residents, the citizens. Precisely. Precisely. We want, we envision a public bank with very robust community governance, local people who either have banking experience or we want to start an academy to train local people who don't have banking experience to be on the board. We really, really want it to be a place for us. So it would be resident, citizen, controlled. Exactly. Exactly. And for the residents. And run by, just to anticipate a comment that we always get, run by skilled, experienced bankers overseen by the California Department of Business Oversight. We would not be doing anything risky with city money. We respect the importance of handling money extremely carefully. It would be working against everyone's interests to have this be a risky venture. It is not. Mm -hmm. The Bank of North Dakota's return on investment is 17% a year. So what are some of the current challenges toward getting public banks firmly in place as an everyday option? Well, I think that a lot of it is what one of my comrades in this group calls institutional inertia. (laughs) We don't have it, so we don't know how it would work, so we don't want to try it. We are getting some opposition, of course, from the lobbying interests of the Wall Street banks. Really? Oh, I'm sure you're shocked. Yes. And they have this tendency to be very patronizing and say, oh, this is really too complicated for you. Let us keep doing it. And our answer to that is when you stop paying gigantic felony fines every year for the ways you defraud people, then we'll talk about who knows what they're doing and who doesn't. And so I think it's really just a question of political will, 
in the East Bay, we need an actually quite small amount of money to write our business plan. We're looking into borrowing that from the county. One of the supervisors suggested that approach to us. That's what East Bay Community Energy did to get started. So there's a good precedent there. So how can people hook up? with your organization and other ways they can support absolutely uh, promote public banking Uh, what are some of those ways many ways first of all especially if you live outside of the east bay we hope you'll call your senator about ab 857 the two local east bay senators are very strong supporters Mm. so it's great to call and thank them but the calls are more important in marin in bakersfield in various other parts of the state secondly the local group public bank east bay which i am part of is always looking for volunteers to do many different kinds of things including spend a day outside at this marvelous juneteenth festival and we can be found at publicbankeastbay.org and you can contact us there if you're interested in being on our mailing list if you're interested in volunteering if you're interested in buying one of our spiffy t-shirts we will find a way to plug you in that suits your time and your interests and we will be posting these links on our website after the show airs on full circle kpfaapprentice.org we will also post links to help you find your representative now should we be concentrating on the senate yes the, the assembly's senate. done the state assembly we passed three committees and the floor so the assembly is done it's just your senator so and if your senator is nancy skinner or rob bonta we've got that covered but thanking them is always lovely but outside of the East Bay or in the parts of the East Bay not represented by Skinner or Banta? We would appreciate your calls and all the information on how to call is on our website. Excellent. Thank, Thank you so much. Welcome back to Full Circle on KPFA 94.1 FM. Thanks again to Debbie Notkin in the last segment. And now we know about public banks and how we can campaign to build them in our cities and counties. And we hope that uh, you've gotten some inspiration today from the voices we were able to share with you. We sure did. And uh, there are more voices that we'll be posting to our uh, blog on kpfaapprentice.org. And, well, that does bring us to the end of tonight's show. Um we want to remind everybody to please visit our website, kpfaapprentice.org. Um, be sure to check out our other interviews that we have posted there. And um, they didn't make it to the air tonight. Organizations such as Communities United for Restorative Youth Justice, that's Courage, or some people call Curry J. Also, Friends of the Hoover Durant Public Library and the Alameda Public Health Department. All those interviews will be posted on kpfaapprentice.org. Also, don't forget to tune in next week for Silicon Sounds made by Silicon Valley Youth, presented by our own Stevie G. This show was made possible for you by our wonderful guests, our executive producer, Ms. M., our technical director, uh, Frank, Freewheel and Frank Stern. Hey, hey, hey. Joy Moore is our production consultant. Our board op is Kenny C. <laughs> our tech assist, thank you, Shanice Smith. And thank you all for joining us tonight on Full Circle. We were your hosts, 
I'm Free Will and Franklin. And I'm Sharon Peterson. Stay tuned now for La Onda Bajita. And uh, just a quick reminder that don't forget you could donate to KPFA anytime you want to. That's kpfa.org. Just take a look at the website there, find the donate button, and help this beautiful station bring these beautiful voices to you the Juneteenth. Uh, we were at the Juneteenth in Berkeley. We are at the Juneteenth in West Oakland. I personally am looking forward to trying to hit up the Juneteenth that's just now starting in Antioch. Coming up in 2020 will be their third annual. So um, keep it locked to KPFA all the time and donate if you can. That's kpfa.org. And we really appreciate you listening tonight. And again, like we said, Pedro's in the building over there. Stay tuned for La Onda Bajita coming up next.